0: Coming at you again from Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. On the east side of Nashville. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about that. East side represent. I am John. Here's my friend Johnny. Yes. And, man, we are thrilled. You always say, what if we weren't? But this time, I actually
1: am, Johnny. I'm getting in there. I feel it today. You feeling it? It's a good day. Today, because today, later on, we have a guest.
0: We have a guest. And here's the deal we know it's happening
1: because we already recorded (laughs) it. Whereas before, sometimes we've teased something and it's like, oh, it didn't
0: work and out. it doesn't show up. We have to up. edit out ourselves something, saying it. Right. Something breaks. In the. But listen, bro, we're producing. We're producing today. Yeah.
1: like You're better at it. I need to learn all your ways.
0: Well, I don't know. People would laugh if they knew. I mean, like I know just enough about technology to,
1: to... There's a lot of wires going everywhere and there's gear that's just...
0: There's been some experimentation happening. Hither and
1: thither. Do you know what this piece of gear is next to me right here? It's the old Scarlet Thread soundboard.
0: I went downstairs into one of the storage rooms and dug out the old Scarlet Thread board because <laughs> I needed to run a single signal, blah, 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 blah. And let me tell you something. It still works.
1: Well, we don't. We haven't plugged like all our instruments into it and seen if we could make well, I mean, quality Christian rock.
0: Well, that's true. We have not done that.
1: <laughs> I mean,
0: although the reunion's still going to happen, bro. It's, yeah. uh, no, it's not. But there are some good <laughs> songs I wouldn't mind hearing you. I would still love to hear you play the solo on the song "Shadow." Still, I'd love oh, that. Sean, that's so sweet. Johnny W is one of the best blues guitar players you ever heard in your life.
1: I'm trying to figure out how to work electric guitar into the comedy I'm set. Saying show. that about
0: three years now. I know. Why don't you just stand up there with your electric and do something? Well,
1: I have some shows coming up. Uh, some ticketed events that we just uh, we just oh, signed yeah? the contract for in May. And it's going to be just me. There's going to be an opener, and then Compassion is underwriting some of the tour, and they're going to be a partner with us on tour, Right? Compassion International, which I'm a huge believer in. So we're going to get kids sponsored, and we're going to tell jokes, and it's going to be so cool. And I think that'll be the shows where I need a new, like, 15-minute chunk of something that's a little bit of a gear change. That might be the time to break out the electric, we think. I think it's a great idea I mean,
0: because you really can, and just gonna sh- it's going to show another facet. Mm. To the prism that is Johnny. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like all the things that could be there. No, you really are. Johnny's a great guitar player. Uh, right? We just so enjoy, nice. enjoy playing together, man.
1: Yeah, I still noodle around, but I mean, I play mostly acoustic in the shows. I play all acoustic in the shows, but then at home, I'll noodle around. I have what's called a gitilaly. It's a yeah. six string ukulele. Yeah. And so you play it like a guitar, but it, pling, 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 it's very weird. But I can hold it, you know, really close to me and just pick around. So when I'm watching TV, almost always I'm picking around on the gitilaly. Sometimes I'll be on the phone with somebody, and they'll be like, "Are you playing a ukulele in the background?" While so to
0: my twenty-year friendship with you, yeah. that is a given. Often I hear you playing guitar. We used to hang out at your house in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. You were Always just playing a guitar. Yeah, on yeah. The couch.
1: When I was a kid, before I had the guitar, I picked up a guitar at eighteen. My first instrument was piano. I was playing really? piano at age six or seven. What? And I was uh, my mom bought this upright piano, you know, for three hundred dollars and put it in our den. And I was learning to hear songs by ear, and she had a she let me write on the 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 keys A B C D E F G sticker
0: or nothing. No, I just wrote wrote
1: with a permanent marker, and so and I was learning worship songs, and I was learning all this, and I didn't know chords yet, but I I was getting there. I was starting to learn chord structures, and my mom was like so thrilled. And so when I was in, by the time I was in third grade, she put me in. So what would that have been? Eight years old. She put me in music class at school. And gave me a piano teacher and he immediately said, forget whatever you've learned. Mm. This is the structure. You need to practice this much a day. And it was all music theory and weird stuff. And I got so frustrated. I quit like two weeks in and I never picked up an instrument again until I was 18. I picked up a guitar. And my mom's always blamed herself for that. She was like, if I just let you go, you would be a virtuous. you awesome. were like, yes. No, probably not. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> uh, but, I mean, self-taught is one way to do it. But even on the guitar, I learned a lot from other folks. But all that said, I picked up a guitar at 18. And, yeah, there's just something about it uh, that it I like it. And, and But before that... I was a very, I have a lot of nervous energy as a kid. I was yeah. very introverted, but I had nervous energy. So I would juggle. You know, they'd
0: probably have a diagnosis for that. They now, probably would. Yeah, you me me and you have it...
1: talked about that, that we'd yeah. both probably be on the spectrum somewhere. If you, if you yeah, really... Nervous
0: energy is what we called it then. Yeah. Right.
1: But I would juggle. Uh, I taught myself to juggle. And so I, any three objects in a room, I would try to figure out if I could juggle them. And so I bruised every piece of fruit in my mother's <laughs> house and lamps were broken and just stupid. I could juggle three six-pound bowling – eight-pound bowling balls when I was like a teenager. Really? I could, yeah, three eight-pound bowling balls I could juggle. Only for like a few turns and then I'd – it's hard to catch the third one when you're stopping. It feels
0: like a toe-breaking just waiting to happen. It could have been. Yeah. It could have been. I had
1: trick ankles back then too for sure. So it could have, could have been – Back then. Could have, well, it's true. Some, <laughs> <laughs> I'm basically a marionette down there. It's just all <laughs> wobbly. It's like a hinged – situation (laughs) but no uh so i had a lot of so that was the thing the guitar filled that void for me yeah so now when i'm watching a show i think i have to have my hand my fingers moving so that that's something it kind of does for me i guess i'm curry has to be irritated by it but she never has told me to stop
0: i don't think she's i think curry's
1: a special person she's something else
0: yeah i don't think she it doesn't seem like that you're Idiosyncrasies seem to yeah they don't they don't seem to bother her.
1: That's a true that's a true love right there. Absolutely, you know? because it's not like we knew everything there was to know about each other when we got married. Oh, you can't. Like I was twenty one, she was nineteen. There's no way No, you're going to. And even if you are locked in and you know that person as they are, they're going to keep growing into something else.
0: Right. We always say that. Yeah. If, if you're not the person I'm married, well, of course yeah, you're not. Right. I mean, I'm also not the person I was when I was 14. Like, yeah. you know, things are going to keep changing.
1: But it's just it so happens that we yeah, there's an acceptance to the good and the bad. And that's to me, that's just the best thing about marriage. And my wife just went on a trip with me and it was so cool. And, and it's went to kinda, Philadelphia. Right? We went to we had a show in Atlanta. And then we flew from Atlanta to Philadelphia uh, to do a show uh, near there in like the Dutch country, Pennsylvania Dutch country. So we yeah. flew into Philly, but we stayed there an extra night so she could – we could have fun in Philly. And uh, she – that's some of her favorite stuff is in Philly. She loves the history, but her favorite thing is the Mooder Museum.
0: What what the so Mooter?
1: It's named after a doctor with an oontlaut over there, the, over the U. Oh, so okay. it's a Mooder. Looks like Mutter, but it's Mooter. Yeah. And uh, he was a scientist in the 1800s who was pioneering, he pioneered a lot of like preservation of medical studies and things like that. I thought you were gonna
0: say he was pioneer like plumbing, like ro like, <laughs> Rode- like was-
1: no. Sorry. <laughs> no, John. Rotomoter. I think God. I heard of this guy. But it's almost as gross as Rotomoter. Like this museum is like <laughs> Let's say there's a woman like, – for instance, you go down there and there's one thing in a display case, and it looks like something out of a horror movie. It looks like something out of Stranger Things.
0: Oh, yeah. You look at it's the like – It's a
1: giant slug, and it's a distended colon tumor oh. that they removed from a lady in 1882, and they still have it.
0: What, how, what is it like? What
1: I don't know. It like, they pres- they, I mean, pres- like, <laughs> they huh? preserved it. Like, uh, it
0: looks like flesh is what you're saying. It's so not, like dried
1: out? There's a chart in the museum. Uh, it's a It's a medical – a history museum and a medical oddities museum is how they preserve it or is how they present it. So it's – so the banner out front says uh, – what does it say? Disturbingly informative. That's <laughs> that's their big tagline. <laughs> and it is disturbing. But it's Curry's favorite place in the world. She could stay six hours in there.
0: Wow.
1: So it's everything from uh, the woman who grew a horn, like a sebaceous horn, like a, an overabundance of keratin – caused this woman to basically project this weird hair fingernail horn from the top of her head. Wow. And she didn't cut it for six years. And then they finally cut it. Off. And so there's like a wax figure of what this woman looked like in a couple of photos. And then there's a picture of another horn they removed from another person who had a similar malady. And so it's a disgusting place, but I would recommend it highly. It's <laughs> like, it's so weird there's a whole thing about – you would love this one. There's a whole wing of it that's about Civil War and the medical things oh, yeah. that they had to do in the Civil War, like uh, you know, people getting gut shot and then like you're almost, uh, instantly, you're almost always going to die a slow, painful death mm-hmm. if you get shot in the head or the gut. But you could survive uh, a limb shot because they would cut off your limb, but the, even then it was – and then you go through this horrible – but there's like actual bones of Civil War soldiers, like a femur that they show what the the musket ball did to the femur. You're wow. looking at it in a case. It's really interesting and bizarre. But she loved it. Wow. And then there's a whole wing of it. that's just like circus freaks that were manipulated for money in the 1800s and early 1900s, like conjoined twins and what they went through. And you see kind of their stories. It kind of humanizes them. Yeah. Uh, and it's super cool. But Curry loves it. In a, it's like it's too much. At one point, I was like, "Can we?" Because literally, we left there to go get cheese. Steak. I hope you
0: ate lunch before. We yeah, know no. we did. We
1: left there. We left after looking at the distended colon and went and got a cheese. You steak. know what that looks like to me. <laughs> Let's go get me a cheese steak. It was weird, but uh, yeah, she loves it. So, but being on the road with her is so cool and uh, it's so fun. And she was such. She's always such a big help. I used to say. And I would travel with somebody like Evan, who was uh, one of my college students, and became a dear friend of mine. And he traveled with me. And I always say, like, when you travel with somebody like that, you can dump on them a little bit. I can be like, look, when we get we get to turn this rental car, you need to grab this bag. We need to run because well, we're yeah. late. Yeah. But when you are with your wife, you got to kind of, okay, baby. Now, sweetie, we gotta kind of, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You gotta go in. You gotta go in husband mode. Yeah. You gotta be more of a caregiver. But she's so evolved to the point now where she knows the deal. Yeah, it's like an unspoken thing of like. I don't have to even apologize that we got to get in here and we got to, this is work time. And it's such a cool, like unspoken thing now between us and she loves doing it. So it's awesome.
0: Well, my wife and I both travel probably more than the average person, you know? And so when we travel in in, in airports, we both are very efficient generally, except those times I'm with you and I leave my wallet in the hotel or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But normally. And so when we are taking Sadie and going somewhere, all three of us, we could both kind of go into that mode. And yes, it's nice because, we we're both TSA pre check, yeah. you know all those things. But when you get behind somebody who does not travel well, Man. and then, you, know, you hate to be that person, but it's it's very like I mean we're flying through doing what we do. You know, yeah. like, leave your shoes on. You don't have to take them off through this part. Do, you know, like it's, it's just that. But it it is great to travel with those who travel. Uh, not that I not that I mind traveling with those
1: who don't. <laughs> but yes. I show mercy to those who need mercy. No, she's a pro. And it, you know, it's so, it was so cool having her because like I had four bags. We had four bags of merch. So there's like three bags of merch, one bags of our clothes. They're big rolly bags, yeah. four-wheeled bags. So she touched two handles to two handles and pushes two, of, two on each side of her and goes and checks all of our bags in while I go park the car in the economy lot or return the rental car. Then I carry my guitar, my backpack around, you know, so that I don't have to do that. She goes and checks all four bags that's and awesome. tags them like that's that's nails, man. That's that's unbelievable. Yep. I'm probably abusing her. Let's be honest.
0: That's <laughs> I mean, a, that's a... This is more than she asked for in the vows <laughs> for sure. But she's no she's great, man. She's yeah. great. And, and uh, that's awesome. Glad you had a good time. So was the cheesesteak everything you thought it'd be and more?
1: It's good. You know, that's a different level there. It's kind of like people say, that all oh, barbecue, but you know they live in, like, Tulsa, and you're like, you don't have barbecue. Come to Nashville. Like, Tennessee barbecue is a good level of barbecue. Yeah. Uh, Texas is good barbecue, but there's just certain places where you can't get good, like, Mexican food. Right. You know, like, I went to San Diego, and they're, like, right above Mexico. Like, it's Mexican food. It's the best fajitas you ever had. It's really good. And I think when you go to Philly, you got to have a cheesesteak. But even there, there's levels of, like, where'd you go? People want to know that live there. Where'd you go? You went to Tony's? Oh, original Tony's or fat Tony's? You know, they want to know which Tony's. But what, Same guy. Just what, had, yeah, he, he, he ate more cheesesteaks
0: between the first and second yeah. opening. Did, did did you have your cheesesteak, out of curiosity, with the tomato sauce or without it?
1: No, Lord, don't. Because you know so. some do that. Really? Yes. Well, I've seen the cheese whiz instead of provolone. I get provolone, yeah. grilled, grilled onions, sautéed onions. And and then like just a, a nice hoagie roll. Yeah. We had to find a place that had a gluten free roll for curry. Yeah. And so that's a very particular thing. And so and it was really good. Her sandwich was good too. But yeah, I like Philly. Philly's just a cool place because it's like and it's a history and you've never been, right? It's amazing to me as a US history buff. <sighs>
0: Was it? Where was I going? It's the original capital. Did I tell you I was going to Boston or Philly? That we canceled Boston. the trips. So I can't remember. So yeah. we had an Airbnb booked and everything, and had to cancel. We ended up going to French Lake, Indiana, instead. It just was too much. to <laughs> That's pull your off. number two. It's always right. your number yeah, two. Yeah, you know, like you're going to
1: do- Larry Bird Museum.
0: Um, no, you know, I've been to DC several times. Yeah, that's great. Um, got a book that I'm going to probably start on that the author lives near DC. I may I may have to make a few trips. Oh, you got to do that there. then. But no, I haven't. Air quotes. Yeah, I I, I haven't, and I have a, like, okay, in my bag, like I I have several big, like, nerdy things. I'm ready just to go sit somewhere, walk around, see things, read things, read books about it, and I mean, I, I don't know. You know, you were just sit back and think about what it is you really just would love to do if you could just do it, not to be productive or. Again, I know building the kingdom of God. Is, I don't think is, you
1: think about that stuff. I, I always think of you as somebody who doesn't think like that.
0: Well, I do. Like, I love doing what I do. It's not that.
1: But I think it bothers you. It hurts you to think that you're not being productive.
0: It does. And that's something I'm trying to get healthier at. Yeah. Like, you know, so, I mean, one, I think everywhere we are, I think loving my wife well and resting is also building the kingdom of God. There's a time to do that. There's a time yeah. to, to, to rest well. You're recharging. Well. Yeah. yeah. um. I don't want to be at the place. I don't. I hate the idea that I need "quote unquote" vacations. I hate that I need to vacate. I need to get out of here. Yeah. Like, I don't have that holiday. We talked about that before. I don't. I don't. I don't live well finding a a weekly kind of rest or Sabbath. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get better at that. But even a daily thing. You know, mm-hmm. we, we have we have a pretty good routine of, of daily, but I I, I still feel. I don't know, like that I'm, I'm moving towards always a vacation and I, I'd like to not live in that mindset. But yeah. when I really do kind of dream of things, it almost always puts me on a cruise ship, or almost always puts me at a beach or puts me somewhere where there's just a lot of time, a lot of quiet, not required of – not things things not quite required of me. I yeah. may have headphones in listening to my favorite music and I get to run and I get to read. Like, like those – and yeah. I get to write a little bit if I want to, not to be productive. This sounds but- like
1: the Twilight Zone. Remember the Twilight Zone, Burgess Meredith, Time Enough at Last? Yes. So he's this guy who, he's a bookworm, yep. and I think he's a librarian or something, but he's basically, he's always yelling at people, and he's like, his whole goal is like, finally. And I think something happens where he has time yeah. enough at last to, to read all these books, <laughs> yeah. and then he's... Well, the
0: world, they, it's something like it The destroys. world ends or yeah, something, yeah, yeah.
1: right? He's by himself. He's got all these books. He's like, finally, It's quiet. He puts on his glasses to read. They fall off his face and they shatter. And it's like, yeah. And that's the big the Twilight world. Zone. Gosh, it's like the so r- guy in the
0: bunker with the cans and no can opener. Mm. But is that a Twilight Zone? I don't know. <laughs> 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 Just hit it with a brick. I do find some other way. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not like pure introvert. Yeah, I want my family. I want to do events and have fun with them. I, I love that. Yeah. I want to eat. And, and Laura and I really love to try food experiences. And so to say, that's yes, what's great. I want to see things with them, share. I don't like to share things alone. Again, we talked about that before. I, being yeah. uh, being to Iceland or, or, or being on trips where I'm seeing amazing things around the world and not having family with there with me there to experience it is I struggle with that. So in all of those, I guess, fantasies, they're with me. Uh, sometimes like I want a week with my wife. Okay. Okay. Here's the dream. And we're oh going to get to an interview. But the dream for me.
1: Okay. Let's keep this PG John
0: at, at, at 20 years of yeah. marriage, which is next year.
1: You want to take a 20 day? You so tell me this. yes,
0: I want to take 20 days. I like, I've never taken well, why don't you just do it? I'm doing it. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna find a way to. Well, why don't I just do it? Because it's, it's dang expensive. That's the main yeah, reason. That's true. But I want to find a way. But you
1: could do twenty days in French Lick. <laughs> <laughs> you just. It doesn't have to go to. You have to go to Laos. Well, but I want. Here's what I really. Wa- what I really want to do.
0: What I really want to do, and I don't know if I can. Like I want to take a week.
1: Yeah.
0: With just me and my wife, because it's anniversary. Right. Just, just a week, me and my wife. Okay. Yeah. Like, say we cruise to – cruise across – maybe 10 days, cruise across the Atlantic kind of thing. And then maybe cruise back. It's a 10-day over and back kind of thing. Or I don't know where we're going to go. But then when we land, this sounds so – this is so first world spoiled. This is why I struggle to share it. I'm really ashamed of the things that I dream about sometimes. But then I get back, and then, Mm -hmm. like, grandparents or somebody bring Sadie
1: to us – Are they holding signs at the airport when you land? That's fine. That's fine. Welcome
0: home, Daddy. You know, whatever. Sadie could be really excited. And then uh, 10 days would be a long time away (laughs) from Sadie. Okay. That's hard. But seven maybe we could do. And then though, Sadie joins us and we have another 10 days. There's the 20 days. I mean, I can't even imagine because it takes me five days. Five days at the beach or whatever, I'm just beginning to breathe. The first couple days, I'm fine. I do it. But I'm, I'm dealing with all kinds I'm real introspective Sometimes I, I have to fight moodiness I really do I don't know how to yeah. stop and, and then about like day five I'm like I'm feeling it I'm, I'm taking runs the Now it's time to come back And then it's time to pack You yeah. know and, and, and then I'm already thinking About moving everything back So I want to get to the five day mark And be like wow I'm not, I'm not even a third And then I want to get to the seven day mark And be like oh my gosh
1: I'm, Now I gotta pick up this kid I'm just kidding <laughs> Now, no, I love that. What if? That's what I'm saying. Is what if you're being protected from that other day? Like, what if you get to that and it's like, oh, this wasn't what I thought.
0: Well, I would like to try you that and know. see. Yeah,
1: it's like people that say money can't buy you happiness. It's like, well, I'd like to see. I I'd I'd want like to, to see for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh, ever tell you the quote about David Lee Roth? Somebody said money can't buy happiness. He said nobody will buy a boat, and boat can pull up right beside happiness. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's
0: funny. Well, um, I. I don't know. Listeners, I'm 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 open to uh yeah, insight You need here. ideas. What's I a mean, 20 day? You know, what I really want to do is one of those Viking river cruises oh, in yeah. Europe that go to like, Tim
1: did one of those with his wife Tim and Heather, port, Tim Hawkins, yeah.
0: Cuz I'm a huge history
1: guy. I want to go see I'd love to take get you one of those horned helmets, it'd be all Nordic. Oh, it'd be great. I'm I mean, I'm come I'm, back with your Viking name. I Look just like a Viking. Lars Gundstaffson. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I really I, I want to see Rome. I really want to see Rome. Yeah. Uh, she really wants to see Tuscany. Uh, you know, I could take her leave Paris. I, I don't know why, but I, I think I probably need to, but I want to see, see the Eiffel Lo- Tower. I want to see London. I wouldn't mind going into Ireland.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I would like, I think I'd enjoy Spain Yeah. and I think I would enjoy Germany. Like I'd like to go see Germany and maybe head up into Austria, you know, in, in, into the Switzerland, that area. So, I mean, you know, a few little things, uh, that yeah, I like a to big try. Trip. Yeah. That's,
1: that's 20 days right there, John.
0: Well, Maybe, but, I mean, part of me wants to go, like, take 10 days, pick some things, try to get a little bit of everything, and then 10 days of decompression in a tropical... You know, I'm just, okay. I'm just, I'm
1: just sitting... So, so now... Thinking about the cold, rainy. England, and I get on the boat from a, a Europe, beach. across
0: the Atlantic, and I have a, you know, a couple days to think about it while we're traveling. Then I go, what are we, you know, dude, I just... It's a lot. It's a lot, it's and much. I'm taking donations right <laughs> now <laughs> for uh, 20 year. But then I want to do it, like at twenty five I take twenty five days
1: yeah
0: and then at thirty I take thirty so on the fives I'm gonna start doing crazy things why not you know I mean I see yeah. people that go in winter places and all those things but the main reason is because I'm not independently wealthy and I still have a job that requires things of me yeah. but but you know what I can do 20 and and'm I'm, I'm gonna see and if I don't have a job when I get back then actually they're gonna I, I would get permission I would get sabbatical.
1: permission. sabbatical that's what you're calling
0: well su- yes I'm fine with calling it that if that helps
1: it's a sabbatical
0: it's a I don't feel like I have to have it, like I'm, something's wrong if I don't.
1: But, no, it's just good. It's good to – I think it's good that churches are starting to recognize that pastors get burned out and they need a break. Or yeah, whatever. I
0: don't feel burned out. I feel great. I, I, yeah, I but love... that's
1: – you don't want to wait until you feel it, John. <laughs> you can't – you could be teetering on the edge. Yeah, it's
0: kind of like waiting until you're in crisis to go to counseling. Like, you know mm. what? You should be See, counseling with people in community all I the time. I talk about that
1: when I do marriage conferences. I always say I grew up in, an, in a household that we did not maintain vehicles. We just waited till lights came on. <laughs> right. And that's what marriages do. And so I said, I was like, it's so good that you're here. Yeah. And some of you guys are here and you're like, we're fine. That's what you want to do. You yeah. want to don't wait till the light comes on.
0: I well, it's like waiting to exercise whenever you have a heart attack. Like yeah. do it now. So I want to rest and do some things, especially as my kid gets older. I want some big experiences, um, you know, We just took her to Chattanooga last weekend at her volleyball tournament, yeah. but we stayed in an Airbnb. I know this sounds funny, but Sadie's never been in an old – she's never stayed in an old house. You know, we both – I grew up in an older home. I've, I've been places, stayed places, college dorms, other things. Like She's yeah. lived in two houses. Right. The first one we built, and the second one was built in like oh2 And so like, we stayed in an Airbnb on that north side of the river up the hill there, the right. historic kind of part. It's a lot like East Nashville. It's being yeah. gentrified, all those things. We stayed in a house that was probably built in 1935. Uh-huh. So all the, the door door frames are crooked. They oh, don't yeah. close right. You, I mean, you literally can't walk on the hardwood without it just creaking. There's a full basement underneath that's just storage. Of course, the hot water heater was out. I have to go down there in the middle of this huge basement down. In the, I mean, and, and she was very, at first, like, I don't know if I like this. This is you haunted, know? Daddy. It what feels, have you done? It feels dirty even because it's old, you yeah. know, and, and – but by the end, you could tell she had settled in. It's an experience, mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, every house is not like your house, you know, and, and they're not all. You're you, you're born in. Yeah, you're trying to show her that there's
1: charm to something that's yes. built before. And yeah. it was it was
0: a great house, and we had a great time. Then we took her to a Brazilian steakhouse, and so been that kid. I mean. But they back threw back
1: she threw back, some she slabs threw of back
0: meat. the meats, man, and just huh. but her favorite was the grilled pineapple. If okay. you ask her, well, what, was your favorite thing? It was grilled pineapple, and so but we just did love, and we drove around and saw the walking bridge and took her up to Rembrandt's our favorite little coffee shop up there that we used to go oh, to yeah, all the of time That's great. you know, uh his experiences, man, I mean, she only got eight more years till she graduates. That's crazy, you know, like yeah, and so we want to do some things if we can and and not that that. We're not entitled to those things. We understand. We want to be good stewards. Look, John, of put it on
1: GoFundMe. I'll kick in a you few know. shekels. John's
0: 20. Yeah, yeah. Good grief. Well, it's probably time, Johnny. Listen, I want to tell you guys who you're about to hear from, and we're so excited uh, that he was able to join us today because, I mean, literally the guy travels m- more days a year than anyone that I know. Yeah. Anyone that I know. And uh, and so he was able to uh, to jump on a call while he was tr- driving with us. It's our good friend, uh, Reggie Dabbs. Reggie is considered to be the number one public school speaker in the world in that uh, he's the most recognizable name probably you've never heard of because he – a lot of people have. But if you've never heard of him, it's because Reggie doesn't want to be known. He wants to be in a school you've never heard of. Yeah, he's got of. a
1: very personal kind of ministry. Yeah. Yeah. He speaks to a group of students, and it's 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 yeah. He's just lived his life that way. Individual groups at a time, their lives are impacted by him, and that's kind of really super cool.
0: Yeah, he wants to be in that no-name school in the middle of rural Minnesota that you, that no one's going to go to, that no yeah. big name's going to find. He's going to be there. Probably has been there, and uh, he does that. He's done it for like he's going to tell us how many years, but it's crazy. His wife Michelle, I mean, she is fantastic. His son Dominic, uh, just a great, great family. And and honestly, you need to go. You can go to Reggie Dab's uh, website. Just go Google him, and you'll find all kinds of things on YouTube kids videos about him. He's also a huge event speaker. Speaks at all the major events. Yeah, he'd be great to
1: bring to your school if you can get on the waiting list. And John has a special relationship with Reggie because one of your first. Uh, published books yeah. right was uh as a co-write with reggie to tell his story
0: <laughs> reggie i was a youth pastor reggie was in wilson county i almost told the story on the interview but we didn't we didn't have time but we were in mount juliet high school and i had to pull every string possible to get reggie in there because they don't do that because mm-hmm. the school system had been sued before for a guy who shared faith right. and he shouldn't have so we were standing I, I don't, we, we somehow did it i'll never forget this standing in the gym, which is – Johnny, you know this as a performer, and I know this is a speaker. It's a horrible place to speak. A gym yeah. is the worst place to be. Yeah. It's echoey. Here, Let's make it even worse. He was in the gym in the round. They were around him on all sides. Oh, man. Over 2,000 high school students in Mount Juliet High School, and it was so loud you couldn't hear anything. And I was standing on the gym floor next to the principal who was so nervous. It's the first religious yeah. guy. But he's not he's, – I promised him he's not going to share anything religious. The first guy they brought in since they have been sued in years, and he turns to me and he says, hey, I just want you to know, if I go down, you're going down with me. <laughs> I kid you not. The principal said that to me, and I was like, I promise it's going to be great. <laughs> and those kids were wild, and, and, and I've been with Reggie so many times, mm-hmm. and I, it, I've i never seen anyone like it, anyone like it. Mm-hmm. He had him in 10 seconds. Yeah. 10 seconds he had him, and he never loses him. No. Had him the whole time. He's also, we didn't even talk about this, he's a gifted saxophone player. Yeah. Uh, plays the soprano sax, and he'll often play. He has all kinds of fun things. His, he's going to talk about his adoption story, but he was adopted by his teacher. He doesn't mention that. So that's one of the reasons he loves going to school. It's his mom's his mom's yeah. teacher adopted him. And he didn't even know that, that it was his mom's teacher until years into his life. But it's a huge reason he has a heart uh, for schools and for going into schools and to reaching kids.
1: Yeah, you're teachers. right about Reggie. The first time I saw him speak at a school... And then I went on like a week-long tour with him one time where uh, I did three schools in Chattanooga with him, and then he did a rally uh, on the Wednesday night at, yeah. a, at a church. And I was there for all of them, and then I, was, I did comedy on the Wednesday night thing, uh, opening for him. And it was it, – it really – I was just starting out in comedy, and it really kind of made me realize the level of focus you have to have. And it also – I was so inspired to see somebody doing 100% what they were built to do yeah it was like watching muhammad ali in his prime yeah it was like this is a hundred percent what his gifting is and he figured it out and he got great at it and now he's just going to ride this wave and he's going to help as many people as he can it was so fascinating and he's so encouraging uh even then he was always encouraging about oh you're so funny just keep doing what you're doing and i'd I'd probably done 20 shows back then you know well he is
0: he says that in the in the interview some but I will never forget, I was in the office, across from the office we're in right now, and I was sitting there, I'd written several books that had never gone anywhere, I just felt led to write, and Reggie walked into my office, and it was my pastor and friend who we're going to have on the podcast soon, by the way, Andrew, and he mentions him, just a great friend, they were college mm-hmm. roommates, suite mates, something, and he put that bug in his ear, and Reggie walked into my office and said, hey man, I want you to write my book. I'd never thought about collaborating yeah. before that moment. Huh. And I was, and I knew, and we had been in schools. Man, I knew he had a special story, and we trusted each other, knew each other, and that was my jump into where God's changed my life and and gave me a lot of my purpose in partnering with people to help them find their voice for their stories and their messages. And so, yeah, I learned all about. It. We did it with no agent, no, you know, it's a very unheard of thing what we yeah. did, and uh, just we just excuse me, we just happened to have. We wrote the book, Reggie was like, "Hey, I got a guy in Jersey. We can print him up, and we'll sell he's going to just sell it you know, and I remember telling him I was like, "Well, I live in Nashville, let's just see what God does let's just you know see so I started putting feelers out, and honestly had forgotten that a kid in my youth group that uh her dad or their dad there's two kids that their dad worked for Thomas Nelson, mm-hmm. and I kind of reached out to him the proposal. And he loved it. And he and he was a salesperson, but his boss happened to be the guy who would do this book because there's all kinds of right. different teams within a publishing. Yeah. And he walked it up the elevator. Well, he got on the elevator and pushed the button. I'm sure.
1: Right. Went Don't upstairs because up you know
0: elevator. there's there's all these just piles of submissions. And basically, I bypassed all of those Man. with this book. And we had a publishing deal with the you know largest Christian publisher in the world in like two weeks. And it was just totally a God thing. You, need to, you guys need to go read Reggie. People still tell us sometimes that Reggie is probably one of their favorite books I've ever worked on. And hear his story of this. He's not a guy. You said he came into what he's good at. He was a guy that was made fun of. He was a guy that really struggled in school Really struggled identity, felt suicidal a lot in his life. Felt lost when he figured out that he was adopted. Felt very abandoned. Yeah. Uh, struggled in college. I mean, it's it's not the story that you would think. And he shares a lot of that in his public school times. But when you hear him today, to understand where he has come from, to understand mm-hmm. what has happened in his life for him to overcome and come to that point of of being that that just guy who's willing to give hope to anybody because he was a guy who had no hope. And uh, he's he's just so funny, so amazing. I do encourage you guys to, to go and check him out. But let's go ahead and go to the interview and, and hear from our good friend, Reggie Dabbs. Hey, uh, me and Johnny are here with our good friend, Mr. Reggie Dabbs. How you doing, Reggie? What's up, my brother? <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> tell, tell us, where in the world is Reggie?
2: Well, Reggie's in the middle of nowhere. I saw three cows and a goat. <laughs> I'm driving. I'm driving from Greenville, Tennessee to to Knoxville, Tennessee. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty much in the middle of nowhere, to yeah. be honest with you. And
1: you grew up in Knoxville, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: That's yeah. Cool. That's cool. Hometown. Hometown, man. hometown. Going home.
1: Hometown. Dude, our Vols. You think we make it past the first weekend? Where are we going?
2: Um, come on, man. We got this. <laughs> I'm going at least Final Four this year.
1: Okay. And then I'm just saying, I'm
2: just saying, if we can get past Buffalo, we'll be all right.
1: That Auburn game scared me, though, because if we face a team that shoots threes well, and I think John's just read that Colgate is number one in threes since February in all of college basketball.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but they're scared. They're scared. That's true. They've never been there before.
1: I told John John this morning, I read a tweet from one of the Alabama uh, fan accounts on Twitter, and it said, this will be the first introduction many Tennessee fans have to Colgate. <laughs> okay, that's funny. that's funny. It's hateful and it's funny. See, and
2: that, well, not only that, though, but it's coming from Alabama. Their that's most famous true. alumni is Forrest
1: Gump. Okay, that's true. I'm, I'm
2: just sad. That's
0: true. Oh man, well, I'm pretty nervous about it. Uh, I hate that we had the best season in history and we brought home no banners at all, and that Auburn spoiled them both. Yeah. So a regular season. And then the SEC championship. I mean, I think we, I personally think Reggie that we gave our all against Kentucky and, and like we, had, we had nothing left. What do yeah. you think?
2: Yeah, but and you know when you, you want to lose, then if, you, if you're looking at the big picture, yeah. you want to lose. You want to lose when they lost, yeah. and they learned from it. Even they're saying, you know, we learned a lot from losing, and then you become better, and we're ready. Hope Even so. the players are saying they're ready, so that'll be good.
1: So it'll uh, be interesting. So for our listeners who don't know, Reggie Dabbs is one of the most sought-after uh, school speakers and public speakers in the nation, in the world even. Like, you spend a month in New Zealand, don't you? Like a year every oh, yeah, year. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's Reggie's,
1: Reggie's like the man to come to your school. He talks about bullying, and he does an anti-drug message, and then he usually does a rally in the city that later that week and shares his faith. And uh, I got to travel with you some. We actually shared a story, Reggie, about, because somebody asked a question of what my worst bombing was. What's the worst time I ever bombed? <laughs> and I told the story about the rally I did with you where the guy wanted me to come out and do comedy after the altar call. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I remember that. And we, before it even happened, we looked at each other and went, this is not going
1: to work. <laughs> Dude, I was young and dumb. I was like, maybe my jokes will be good enough to get out of this. And they were not. <laughs> yeah, he talks about he talks about you riding home. There was a ride back. I, had a, oh. I was your ride back to Nashville. Yeah, you were.
2: Yeah, and you so were. I was
1: like, now nah, yeah. I got to sit here with this guy. And you were like, man, they were tough. And I was like, yeah, they were, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought
2: you forgot
1: about that one. So, oh no, you never forget that stuff, man. You forget the good ones. You forget the good audiences. <laughs> you never forget the guy folding his arms that you couldn't make laugh for an hour. <laughs> oh my goodness! It was always the dude, one I guy. Was, that was not a
2: good night. That was really bad.
1: What is your What is your bad experience? Because I know you've been in a million schools, and like, what? Give me something that you were like, man, it did. I just didn't have it, or like, I know you've been in schools where there's been like, there's a history of gang violence, and you're kind of nervous going in with your message. Like, what, what yeah. kind of experiences have you had?
2: Oh, it, it, those, I just tell my story first. Yeah. You don't even try to be funny. You just tell your story, grew up in foster care. Mm-hmm. Your mom gave you away, and then you'd be funny at the very end. Yeah. But mine, when, my worst experience is when I call out what I'm going to do wrong, and I do it anyway. Oh. <laughs> That's when you're on the stage right before it starts, and you go, Psh, orchestra pit. I better make sure I don't fall. <laughs> and you fall in the orchestra pit. Yeah. <laughs> And and literally, while you're falling, I'm thinking to myself, where am I? Because it was empty. The whole orchestra pit oh, was no. empty. So you really did. the right-hand side. Oh, no. Right-hand side, they had three timpani drums. <laughs> they only have two timpani drums now. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You hey, know, I'm telling you, it was like aluminum foil. It just folded up, dude. It was done. It was. Oh it, was it was not good. What do you do good.
1: after you fall on a timpani drum in an orchestra pit? How do you? Remember? Did you hit a cymbal on the he, way down, like a crash? <laughs> well, no, no, no.
2: It was just three timpani drums. It was, <laughs> uh, and you know, and when I landed. I, I landed, and and literally, uh, yeah, I was. I realized I wasn't that hurt. Yeah. And and I had the microphone. I see it. and I go oh, and everybody's rolling, laughing, oh like gosh. I did it on purpose. Yeah. And then I get up, and, and that's when the pain came, and I cut my, my left cheek, which is, we, don't, we don't want to talk about. Oh, no. I had um, to get stitches after.
1: It yeah, because so your face me. bleeds the worst. Your face and your head will bleed I don't know if he was
2: talking
0: about his face or not. Yeah. Oh, you nah, cut the other cheek.
1: Yeah. You turn the other cheek. Oh, no, dude. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that, that bleeds, good. too. It does. It really does. <laughs> but, hey,
2: <laughs> that's about as bad as it gets right there. Oh, and then, gosh. of course, you know, First, it's the uh, when you go to the doctor and the, and the hospital, and they say, "Hey, how did this happen?" And you right. say it. Then yeah. you go, and then there's that was the nurse. Then there's the doctor. <laughs> hey man, how did this happen? And you tell him. Then there's the lady giving you the shot to numb the cheek. How did this happen? So by about the fourth time you're just like
1: forget
2: yeah. this and then there's
1: the janitor that comes in and goes hey are
2: you the guy <laughs> yeah that, that's that's it amazing it doesn't get any better than that yeah dude that's, <laughs> that's
1: crazy it. well wow. dude I mean you do how many shows how many how many events uh, assemblies and, and all do you speak a year at
2: we do a million people every year my goodness yeah. dude yeah Reggie about always estimate
1: you're what about
0: 300 days a year probably at least do you think
2: yeah yeah absolutely yeah, right now. Man, and you I... just you just gotta help people as much
0: as you can. So you said a little bit about your story. Pretend that we're you know, at an assembly. Give us like you know, give us your five minutes. Give us like, okay, man, we just sat down, you've got you pulled yourself out of the orchestra pit <laughs> and now Tell us what Reggie Dabs is going to tell us. Give, give us your three to five minute uh, talk real quick, if you don't mind for our oh, listeners.
2: Oh, okay. No, I don't mind. I don't mind at all. Well, the f- first thing you have to do is, I, if I don't fall in the orchestra pit, <laughs> that actually gets everybody's attention. Yeah. But if I don't do that, my whole thing is um, the meaning of life. There's two things in life you got to always remember. Number one, boys and girls are different. Right. There you go. <laughs> and and, and if, if, for example, if, one girl got to go to the bathroom two girls get to go with her you'll never hear a boy go oh i gotta go hey steve let's go pee pee it ain't yeah. happening all right and that one too anybody ever get up in the morning get your toothbrush and toothpaste go to put it in your mouth and the toothpaste falls off and, and all of a sudden what do you do girls wash it out of the sink get more toothpaste start over boys we scoop it up that's what we do <laughs> who cares if your daddy shaved that morning scoop it up anyway and everybody's starting to laugh. And then I start talking about how that number two in the meaning of life is life is a roller coaster. I love roller coasters. They go so fast, it makes my fat go backwards. I'm skinny again. <laughs> I love <laughs> roller coasters. One time I got stuck upside down and the girl in, in, in front of me, she threw up and the wind was blowing in my direction. I can't duck. And if I could duck, my belly button would give me a hickey on my forehead. That ain't good. <laughs> but that's what life is. Some days you're on top of the hill and everything's great. Some days you're going downhill so fast you want to quit, but never give up on life because they'll fix the ride. The only question is, will you be on the ride when they fix it? So the phrase is never give up. So come on, boys, say never give up. Y'all got to say never give up. Never
1: give up. <laughs> come yeah, on, I was into him. I'm transfixed.
2: Yeah, thanks. thanks, man. That's good. That's really good. <laughs> then I tell my story. That, uh, and I asked two questions. The first question is Have you ever had something happen in your past that you wish you could change, but you know you never will? The second question is You ever wake up at three, four, or five o'clock in the morning, you wide awake, and every time you close your eyes, you go back to sleep, it's like a movie in your head from something in your past you wish you could forget. And everybody raised their hands. Right. And then I tell them, mine, that when I was eight years old, I was told I was in foster care. That at eight years old, I was told that my mom kept my brother and my two sisters but she gave me away because she said I was a mistake. And at eight years old, was from eight to 21, I didn't want to live anymore. And I do my best to explain that. And how I do it is, have you ever sit in the middle of a crowd surrounded by people, but deep inside, you're all alone. And every time, people raise their hands. Then I say, you ever wake up at three, four, five in the morning, and every time you close your eyes and go back to sleep, it's like a movie from something in your past. And you realize, if anybody finds out who you really are they won't be your friend anymore Mm. and everybody raises their hand he said but you got to understand there's somebody who will love you just the way you are and there's always people in your life that'll love you just the way you are so you can't give up no matter what happens in your past your past is your history but your future is your destiny Mm. and that was it in two minutes and 57 seconds
1: (laughs) it's so good oh, dude I'm just, i am tell I, I i'm speaking a lot of sunday mornings now too reggie and so i reference you but i tell that story because one of my messages too is like don't give up i always talk about like i'd say when when adam was in the garden of eden and he sinned god came and he said where are you and so i ask that question of my audience to say where are you with god like get real with god and then the last part i say is never give up and i use I talk about your roller coaster analogy, and I say my good buddy Reg. Some of these people know you; they're like they 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 perk up when I say your name. And I use the reference of me and John ran a half marathon together in 2002, and we didn't finish even anywhere close to first. We finished near the lad. There were some people behind us. I didn't know how many. And I say I was 243. John was 244. Out of and I looked on the bottom of the page at the results. It said 258 runners. I was like, that's not very good. But then, like, I'm trying to motivate myself to go train again and get in shape again this year. So I said, I go look at those race results again because they're still online somewhere. And I said, 243, 244 out of 258 runners. But then I saw a number I'd never seen before, and it was the number of people who started the race but didn't finish it. And it was, like, 350 people. So I called John. I said, John, remember that race we did? And he said, yeah. And I said, we finished ahead of everybody that quit. there you go. And so I never would have thought of that analogy if I hadn't traveled with you and you gave that roller coaster thing of like will you be on the ride when they fix the ride? It's so powerful. And uh so I give you props for that. It's very inspirational, man. Oh, that's it's awesome. Good stuff. That is
2: great. Hey, we gotta you just can't give up no matter what. Yeah. And dude, life is full of reasons to quit. Yeah. Like every corner, every time you turn a corner, there's an exit telling you to get off. There's a sign saying you know, food here, gas here, lodging here. Right. But if you keep going, you're going to get to your destination a lot quicker than if you got off that exit. Yeah. And you just got to stay on the highway. You just got to stay on the road of life and, and let it happen.
1: Yeah, man. Well, dude, you've been doing this a long time, man. It's uh, it's so cool to, to think of, like, the stability and the consistency with which you do your ministry. And you've meant a lot uh, to a lot of different people. That's what's cool. Reggie's one of these people. I always tell John, Reggie's one of these people that when you're in a room with him he makes you feel like he's your best friend yeah yeah it and does. it's a very special kind of gift that not everybody has
0: yeah and you know when mm-hmm. Re- you know reggie you and i uh done a couple book projects together and you know um I constantly am seeing the kids that that are posting to your facebook page and other things you know we kind of manage some of that together and I mean daily. In fact, I get notifications to my phone off of your pages, <laughs> and like no. it, oh. at least at least thirty five a day or so. I get hey, thank you for coming to my school today. I got them this morning. Hey, thank you for coming and speaking hope to me about this. Hey, thank you for coming and doing this. And it's adults. It's it's teachers. It's students. It's it's then people who are at, at other events that you speak at at night, um, and you know, and they're always they're 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 finding this value. You're you're somehow you're doing what God made us all to do. You're communicating that value that they already have of being made in the image of the creator to them that they've somehow lost or forgotten because of the things in this life that they faced and you're reminding them. You know, you're it's more than motivation. Like they there's always that thing you hear with people when they talk about about Reggie. It's like we don't know what it is about Reggie if they don't know right. about your faith. We don't know what it is about Reggie that that makes him so effective. Uh and and we know what it is. You know, you, you've got you're sharing your brokenness about what you know your story and what God has done in that. And it just resonates with people because brokenness is that we talk about that on the podcast a lot. Brokenness is that place uh, from which the things in our life, if we're this jar, that you know, then things flow out of those broken places. And you've just been a guy who has not hidden your broken places, but instead you you allow those things to seep through into other people.
1: Yeah,
2: and that's something everybody has. Everybody has that day they wish had never happened, that yeah. moment they wish they could go back and change. And that's the point of connection for humanity. Period. Yeah, and, and if we and if we can all realize. You know, no one's better than you. No one's worse than you. They're just on a different place in that highway that we're all called life. Mm-hmm. And if we can help each other, then we can make that highway uh, a little easier to travel on. And that's what it's all about. I've literally have taken the idea of "I am second and yeah. live. That's pretty much it. I don't. I don't need nothing. I don't want nobody to give me anything. You know, I, I have a, my wife. I have my son. I have. This They say it's a career, but it's helping other people win. And, yeah. and watching mm-hmm. that is pretty much the most important thing I think I'll ever do is, is be second place and watch other people win. I don't mind doing that. And yeah. I think I found my, my peace in that in my personal life instead of striving. To, I got to win, got to win, got to get there, got to yeah. make this and that happen. And, they, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I think there was a time in my life when I needed that, mm-hmm. that drive to do a million kids a year to keep standing in front of people and give them hope. There was a drive there. But now I'm looking at that going, it's about Wednesday, you know, yeah. Wednesday afternoon. It's about, it's about Johnny. It's, a, it's about John and it's about a podcast. And it's about just living in this moment. Now yeah. it's an honor that you guys would want me to be on this with you. And and I'm living in that moment right now. And I found out it's a lot easier to live in the moment
1: than it is to plan for tomorrow. Yeah, that's good. Oh yeah, man. Hey, tell me this. this is something I'm curious about because you've been you've seen students across a generation. Really, you've been doing this for well how long? Thirty five. Thirty five years. years. So, John and I talk a lot about the impact of social media on our lives. And John was a student pastor as well. What are you seeing? How is social media affecting, I mean, folks, empathy, self-esteem, et cetera, like that, the chaos that it's wreaking? What are you seeing, and how does it affect your approach, if any?
2: It's good and bad, to be honest with you. Yeah. The bad, of course, is people are willing to say stuff pushing a, a phone pad or a computer key. Yeah, They're saying stuff they would never say face-to-face to people Right, or making uh, comments that they – really don't mean, but they're just throwing out there to see what kind of reaction they'll get when other people who are reading those those things are taking it literal and it's changing their life and their future and everything about them. And that's the bad part about it. The great part is that you're able to communicate more than just to the people in the room with you, Mm -hmm. you know, doing an assembly program, there may be 2,500 kids in the auditorium but there's about 180 kids who have their phones on recording me who yeah. are going to post it later. Huh. And all of a sudden, 2,500 becomes 13,000, 15,000, yeah, yeah. 18,000. So the message of hope that we're giving is multiplied you know, exponentially because of the number of kids who are using those devices. But we, we need to teach kids to, to, to be kind. That's the basic motivational right. part of this be kind in everything you do you could be the hero every second of your day the way you text the way you speak the way you you live and we're just trying our best you know one school at a time one kid at a time to show them that hey you can do this this is important that you be the hero even in your texting world yeah it's
1: great, man. You know, Johnny
0: talks about that a lot on the podcast. He says, you know, when he was younger, Johnny, I may, I may butcher your quote, but
1: yeah, when I was, there's a quote that says, when I was young, I was impressed by clever people. Now that I'm older, I'm impressed by kind people. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that is very. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I mean, I think that's cool. And like you say, man, it's kids. They need that contemplation that we had when we grew up. We grew up bored. We didn't have cell phones kids aren't bored now so the the they 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 don't contemplate what they're doing as much they just kind of they fire the gun and then wait you know they don't ready it's not ready aim fire it's it's ready fire then aim and hope it hope it didn't hit you wrong and the contemplation of texting and social media it's i'm fascinated by that and as somebody who's you see every walk of life with these kids. I mean, you go into poor schools, you go into private schools, you go into schools in other yeah. countries. And so yeah, I'm just I was fascinated by your take on that. It's good stuff.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and we just got to decide, you know, not only how we're going to use it, but how we're going to display it. And I'll be honest with you. Um, I've had some major, major speakers and entertainers and, yeah. and they look at me at events and they go, bro, if you're not on the road, you would never have a social media. I said no, because my private life is my private yeah. life, mm-hmm. and that's just the way yeah. I do that. And they yeah. just laugh. And they go, "How do you keep it separate?" I said, "You think before you post," <laughs> and that's all you got to do. And yeah. they go, and they, they were asking me, like, "Who's your publicist, or who do you have?" And I'm like, well, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah. I said, "Dude, I just think before I post." Yeah, uh, and it's important because yeah, it can cause problems.
0: <laughs> Oh absolutely, True. absolutely well I mean Reggie, tell us uh what are you so you know you've you've been telling your story uh, you've been doing it thirty five years you' I love that you're talking about you know the I am second being being that person there to serve others. Is there anything else for students or for the generation or other things you're sharing right now that you you say is hey this is this is a now. This is a now thing. I feel like everybody needs to hear. That's maybe new, maybe you know, changing yeah. with, in terms of what's happening in our world. Those kinds of things, as people you know are, are struggling with hope. Is, is there anything new that you're adding to it that you'd want to share with our listeners today?
2: I did a uh, an event not too long ago, and ever since I did it, I've added one little segment to every assembly program. Mm-hmm. I literally stop and I say to every boy: Every boy wears a mask. Every boy pretends everything's good when it's bad, happy when it's sad, right when it's wrong. But your mask is going to fall. And every boy needs to know what to do when that mask falls. And then I say to every girl that um, that the world's coming after you, and it's not good. It's going to hurt. And Mac and Clinique don't make a makeup to cover that kind of pain. Mm-hmm. So, so no matter who you are, when everything starts running or when your mask falls, you need to know what to do. And I tell them what to do. And what it is is simply this, that no matter what situation you end up in, no matter how bad your mask falls, or how much the makeup's running, love is gonna be there. And there's gonna always be somebody there who will love you just the way you are. And you got to let people love you. The biggest mistake is we don't let nobody in. We hear people say, oh, they they said they love me, they love me, they love me. And so I'm not gonna, I don't care. And the reason people don't care is because they've let people in before, and they've hurt them, and they've disappointed them, and they've let them down. But we can't, we can't. Just because we've been hurt once, we can't give up on love. Because if we give up on love, we're giving up on life.
0: Yeah. And that's good, you know. And and you and I, in that in our "Just Keep Breathing" book, you know, your real purpose in that was to equip people. Because I mean, you're one guy. You're one guy. uh, Yeah. And. and, and there's so many people we can, you always say that you can be that hope today. And there are always going to be those who are going to reach out to you and, and and ask for you to give them a special expression of that hope. But for the most part, you're going to have to get in your car and drive from Greenville to Knoxville to Kentucky and keep doing the thing where you go. But for the people who are there, who who, who remain, I think that's a great message. Hey, well, whatever it is, you know, find a way not just to love, but to be loved. And, and as people take in that, I mean, understanding that is the message of the gospel like that. That's the big message is that, hey, there is someone who loves you who already knew what was wrong with you, who was willing to sacrifice for you when you didn't deserve it and when you didn't even want it or ask for it. And it's that otherworldly love that even if you in a public school aren't able to, to name the name of Christ, but you're giving that gospel message in a way uh, that, and again, we, we talk about Reggie reclaiming the word gospel a lot on here because we're all like, oh, man, we heard a gospel, we've heard it our whole lives, and people kind of roll their eyes and stop listening, but it's really radical. Like, it's, it's really... A crazy message of you know, rescue and of, of an undeserved love that's found from someone else who, who is pursuing you when you're not even asking to be pursued. And so, I, I love that you're equipping people not just to hear that message, but to begin to live that message out there with others.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and, and that's and that's what we do. Yeah, and, and you know what? And I know it might sound a little weird, or it might cause more controversy. Is is I've found out in my like 35 years, I might not be the guy who introduces people to Jesus. Yeah. I might be the guy who just gets people to breathe for the next day. Yeah. And, that's, and that's I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Reggie, <laughs> and, but, do, you,
0: but, do you remember when we were writing, I don't know if I told you this, I think I told you this story, when we were writing Just Keep Breathing, I was struggling a little bit. Not because we, hey, we love doing things that are positive in schools and all that, but I was struggling, like you know, it was one of the first times I'd really written that we weren't sharing, you know, the name of Jesus and, and that hope. And I really remember in my heart, I if I shared this with you, I heard kind of this whisper in my heart of, "Everywhere there's breath, I'm in it." Yeah. I, 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 I heard that in my heart yeah. from from God, because like, breath and spirit. I mean, God sustains all life. Like in, in that message, you're saying, if you're if you're keeping people breathing, I'm in that. Like that, I'm in those good things. And that, like you say, that gives them a chance that when the roller coaster stops you know and and they 're at a place in life, you always talk about that, and you write about that that we the kids are making decisions at at you know formative moments that last a lifetime or- par- perhaps end their lifetime. And, man, five years down the road, they were going to be thinking differently. Five years down the road, they were going to have a different relationship. Five years down the road, there's not going to be somebody in high school on their Instagram, you know, bullying them and all those things. Like, they just got to keep breathing. They got to just survive to get to that next point. Uh, and and yeah, I, yeah. I love that you're you're trying to rescue them and keep them going. That, that's beautiful, man.
2: Hey, that breath thing, too. I, uh, in Psalms 34, it says that, God is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. But in the message it says, even when you're kicked in the, if you've been kicked in the gut, God will help you catch your next breath. And that's just, that's just, I thought that was just the coolest, you know, translation of that to where when we can't breathe, he'll help us breathe again. And it took me back to the book and the title. And, and I'm going to tell you, you know, we've written that book a few years now, but it is starting to get a lot of traction now. And I don't know if it's because of the world where it's at, and, but it, I'm starting to walk in schools and kids are bringing Just Keep Breathing book up to me and say, can you sign this for me? Wow. And it's all wore out, and beat up, and they go, just knowing I'm not alone, this, this saved my life. And in the past month, it had to be at least five times wow. in a public school setting that a kid had that book. So, you know, John, that's just thanks for helping me get that out there. And and again, you know, we don't care, you know, New York Times bestseller list. Yeah, cool, whatever. I just know that that book is helping who it's supposed to help. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, that's why we do what we do. That's why Johnny cracks jokes. That's why he's in churches on Sunday, because we're there for that person for that day to yeah. help them keep breathing.
0: Yeah, man. Oh, that's awesome, man. Thank you for sharing that, Reggie. It's encouraging. Man, listen, you're one of our favorite people in the whole world. We've actually, so our podcast, I'm sure you listen every week, Reggie, no matter where you are in the (laughs) world. I do listen to
2: it, though. I'm not joking. (laughs) That's good. Y'all crazy. Sometimes y'all, y'all lost your mind. Yeah, we have.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, man, we are so excited to finally uh, be able to, I mean, we know you're out doing the, the great stuff, and it's just been a complete honor for us that, You would take the time uh, while you're driving and doing what you're doing, but we, man, we're just we're we're supporting what you're doing and and honored to call you friend and uh, praying for you, thinking about you, and always here, man, for anything that you need. And you're always welcome to be a guest, certainly on the podcast. But we hope Johnny was talking about when you might come back to Nashville because I haven't swung a golf club probably since the last time I was with you, and so that probably needs to happen sometime (laughs) soon. That is, it's
2: got to happen. Last time I was there. It was just me and Uncle Andrew because you guys
1: fell out on us, but that's okay. We will make that happen. We will make though. it happen, man. Well, have fun on your travels, man, and go Vols. Hey, all I got to say is this. I'm on a three-lane highway, and I'm
2: back into civilization, so thank
1: you, boys. <laughs> good. All right, man. Love you, Reggie. Be
2: good. Love you, Reggie. Hey, hey,
1: man, go Vols. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. All right, we're back. That was awesome uh, Wow. Man, so cool, and it was so awesome that you made time for us, and thanks again, Reggie. I love the part, the part that I wasn't expecting him to say was a part about how he's learning more to live in the moment Yeah, and he's getting more out of his life now than he would have maybe five, 10 years ago because he's learning uh, that, you know, just going and talking with a couple of friends on a podcast or just like being there and not always thinking about tomorrow. Yeah. There's scriptures that talk about that. Don't worry. Don't say, we'll go to this town or we'll go to that town Yeah, uh, because you don't know what tomorrow brings. But I feel like sometimes we get caught up in that. I get caught up in that a lot. Oh, I do. Traveling because it's like I feel like I live from weekend to weekend. Okay, what's coming up this weekend? All right, I'm going to Greenville this weekend. Then I'm going to get in the car. I'm going to drive to all the way to Indianapolis. Got a show on Saturday. Then cool. Sunday I'm in Kokomo. And then I drive back home. It's like a, it's like twenty five hundred square uh, twenty five hundred mile round trip. I was going to say square miles, <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> it's twenty five hundred square miles, <laughs> but it's. I'm thinking of those numbers I'm thinking of the wear and tear. And it's like, the truth is I just need to think about today. Yeah. There's enough to worry about today. And then there's enough joy in today. And I love that part.
0: Yeah. And he, he really is out of, you know, and again, you and I both work with a lot of people who, who do things creatively professionally or do things in ministry professionally. Yeah. He is, he is like the most consistent guy I know Mm -hmm. to do it. And he's also, uh, the least opportunity, opportunistic guy Uh he's literally thinking about you uh not that he doesn't have that he said he's he's worked up to that over his life but he's not it's so funny we talked about before the interview you know he he wasn't worried about publishing deals yeah and he wasn't he's not worried about publicists and promotion he wants the message to reach the most number of people and he's been on every television thing you can imagine i mean he's out there doing that but he doesn't chase things like, he's like, look, this is what it is. I know what it is. I want to share hope with as many people as possible, and I want to do it today, and I want to do it with as many individuals. He'd much rather be hanging out at a middle school or a high school, yeah. talking to the freshman class. I mean, it's one of his favorite things to do is when they submit the class. I remember I brought him in years later, uh, and they weren't sure who he They hadn't had him in years. Yeah. I brought him to another high school in Wilson County, and they didn't really know that he was the guy. Like, mm-hmm. people hadn't heard of him, and— all they would do is give us, like, the freshman class that day. Yeah. And that's really kind of a, for a lot of people, that would be an insult. Like, well, what do you mean? You know, this is the number one public school speaker in the world, and I'm the guy. You should get the whole sc- – and he was like, dude, that would be great. And we took him over there, and, of course, they were just – I mean – blown away right and they're
1: like we wish we did. yeah the principal in. walked to me like
0: yeah. oh my gosh why do you i was like i try i tried to tell you <laughs> you know and and but but he loved it because it, it was about those kids that day and he saw that as his opportunity he wasn't trying to impress he you know it was just hey this is who god put in front of me today yeah and there was probably a purpose and a reason that it wasn't the whole school and he's just i he, he's he's just a, a a great guy and we're very we love reggie and we appreciate him being on and and you guys, for real, go check him out and uh, go read his books. I'm not saying that because I helped with him. I'm telling you, man, he's got a story and a message that is special and unique, and and, uh, and I think it'd be worthwhile for you to hear more about him and, and check him out on social media. Uh, he's got a huge Instagram account. He posts a lot about the schools that he's in, posts a picture from a school or two almost every day. Yeah. So you can really see kids and see what's happening, you know, uh, and follow him when he's international. He is in Australia New Zealand a lot. He goes to South Africa periodically. He's over in the U.K. quite a bit uh, as well. And so he's, he's, he's all over the place and just a guy that... Is someone that we really care about and, and would would promote to you guys to go and 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 follow and be part of of what God's doing in His life. So so
1: you're heading out of town, Johnny. Uh, yeah, homeschool conference again this yeah. weekend, and then uh, a fundraiser at Purdue University. Nice. And uh, for like a youth camp, I think, and then uh, Kokomo, scenic, exotic Kokomo, mm. Indiana, on Sunday. Mm. So I'm going to miss you preaching. You're preaching again. I'm going to miss it. Well, you're always going to preach. I'm going to watch the live stream now. Okay. Me and Marty will be in the car. We'll be driving.
0: Dude, I'm doing John chapter 11, uh, Lazarus. Okay. Oh, my gosh.
1: So you're going to do a Carmen, uh, Lazarus, come forward. I'm forth, doing human a human video. video. I
0: told my wife that last night. I'm going to play Carmen, Lazarus, come forth, I'm going to do a solo human video to the whole song with all the different characters.
1: in heaven. you got to spin. Remember to spin out. That's how you change I'm going character. i spin.
0: I'm very, very dizzy. There's a lot of characters. Yeah, it really. Is. On, so. No, I'm excited about it. Um, We just finished our series on the new normal, but we've been in John all last year. We kind of come and go out of the book of John as an expository, textual, continual study because we think there's nothing better than just reading straight scriptures. So we do a little bit of both. So I'm excited to do that this Sunday. We'll do that for a few weeks heading up to Easter. So, but yeah uh you can watch on live stream
1: i'm going to watch it john and then we're going to put the we'll put the link out to reggie stuff and to that yeah you can go to gro-
0: grovechurchmj.com if yeah. you want to watch the live stream um, and just look at it there's live and there's watch for old messages uh, you can go to reggie Dabs. i don't think man reggie i think it's reggie Dabs online dot gov you know reggie reggie what dabs. Look, just google reggie dabs and it'll come up that's the yeah. easier thing he's he's a huge a huge name and you'll have no problem finding him google reggie and obviously you can always follow johnny on twitter
1: Yes, Johnny underscore W, or all my social media is at johnnyw.com, dot com, J O N N I E W dot com.
0: Yep, yep. And uh, of course, I'm John, John Driver. John dot. with an
1: H. John Driver. If you're dot. making
0: out that check for my trip someday. John Driver. with an H
1: johndriver.edu
0: johndriver.gov opening a new agency that's good go to johndriver.com or you can follow me on twitter or other social media places if you will also don't forget uh, talk ab that pod (laughs) Mm -hmm. is our uh, we're working on some things actually our our listenership has gone way up up. share
1: it review it rate it
0: yeah, and we know we didn't get to any of your questions today because they had the interview, but so we'll continue sorry. to do Listeners, that.
1: We love you. But we
0: will. We will. We're listening and, and we're appreciative of the things that you are sharing with us because we get to share with you, and it's, it's exciting. We get to be one big happy podcasting fan. Hey, thanks, you guys, for listening. We'll be sure to uh, be back next week on Talk About That. Bad.
1: scripture and brain science agree. Meditating on God's word transforms us and reduces stress in our lives. I'm Jody Nisnik, host of So Much More, Creating Space for God, a scripture meditation podcast. And each week I give you space to hear God's word, listen to the spirit and pray about what's on your heart. And then we have a thoughtful conversation with guests to help us go deeper